Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Listen, you may be seated. You may be seated uh, in the presence of the Lord. We greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to my big brother. Amen. The bishop. Amen. And Riley, we thank God for you and to my big sister. Amen. You got to have some brothers and big sisters because they keep you out of big trouble. You know, they, they guide you in the, in the right way. All right. And how to pull your coat. Anybody have any big brothers, big sisters, older brother, older sister? Yeah, they, they're there to help you stay out of trouble. There are some things that they've already gone through that you're going to go to, and they can tell you how to avoid some of the pitfalls. Amen. And then when you get down, two are better than one because you got some help. Amen. And so we love our Father's house. We love the leaders that the Lord has given and set in your midst to help guide you through life's challenges. Doesn't make a difference who you are, what, how young, or how old, or where you come from. God has deposited into them everything that you're going to need for the journey. And if you will keep your cup open, if you keep your heart open, if you'll be pliable and teachable, you'll find that in them is so much gifting and, and stuff that they'll be extracting and pulling things out of you and pulling things out of you. And before you know it, you're going to shape up and look up and you're going to say, wow, I look like Jesus. Yeah, because that's what we're, we're, we're coming to being conformed to, being, being molded and shaped into his image and into his likeness. The gift of God unto the, the body is found in leadership that he set before you. And in that leadership is what you need to grow up into the full measure and stature of the Lord Jesus Christ. You hear me? All right. All right. Good, good. Thank you so much. I appreciate that because I'm sure I'll probably need that somewhere along here. Amen. But I count it an honor and a privilege to be here and to have them a part of our life. Amen. You, you don't know necessarily the great gem because sometimes when you're so close to the light, you don't see how bright it is. You'll get that after a while. I remember when I, uh, my wife and I got connected with our father in the faith, the late Archbishop Roy Brown, back in 1988. We were at an event, and I could see the brilliance of the presence of the Lord on him at such a distance that as I got closer, I had to remind myself that that same glory, that same brilliance that I saw at a distance, that same anointing that shined on him that I saw at a distance, that now that I'm close, and the reason I didn't see it as bright is because now I was a part of that light. Okay. So, so there is a glory and there's a presence that sits upon the leadership in the house. And as you get closer, you, when you come in, you're attracted to it because like a moth attracted to light, you come. You're like, wow, look at the brilliance and the glory and the anointing. And I just want to be in their presence. And sometimes we become common. And we forget how bright the light and the glory and the anointing is on their life. And that's simply because now you're walking in the light beautiful you're, you're close and you're enjoying and 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 you don't quite understand that the closer you got to the light you begin to also shine yeah. Yeah. Okay. at least you should yeah. you should reflect where you are 
right? And if we see more darkness than light, then that's also reflecting where you are. All right, listen, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just flowing. Um, there's such a worship and presence of the Lord. Um, it's good to see you, brothers. It's good to see y'all in the house. How you doing? Good, good, good. Y'all stay close. I don't mean just close to, to me like we're going to you know, go in. I mean stay close to the leadership in the house because there's a transfer, right? There's a transfer because to be able to flow with the type of anointing, you're going to have to stay close and transparent so that you are never seen. I won't say that too much. What I mean, see how this, you can look right through this, can't you? And it's helpful for what I need, right? Same thing. You ought to be like this, transparent, not even seen. The only thing that should be seen and heard is the anointing that flows. Let no flesh don't, don't worry about what other people do. God's got an anointing ready to deposit or extract out of you, but he's got to move some things out of the way, okay? So be sensitive to the flow of the house so that you will know how the house, and that's one thing with, with, with musicians, and I, I'm just, y'all okay with me? All right, I'm just loving on you, um, is that sometimes we have what we want to do and what we know or think we know to do. But when we are introduced into ministry, we've got to find out how to flow with the David of the house, with the leader of the house, so that there is not a pull in two different directions. Okay? I, can, I, I guess I can say that I have the liberty. I, amen. Amen. Um, I'm loving on. I'm loving on, and, and so we're just sharing. Um, sis, I gave you two songs. I gave two songs. Can I have the first one, which is, there's a song that I came up, that came into my spirit. I heard it. Uh, one of our sisters on uh, the, um, the, the Breakfast of Champions um, started singing this, and I heard it. I said, Lord, I got to find this, this song. It's so ministered to my spirit. Um, Firm Foundation is the one that I'm looking for. Um, it's so ministered to my spirit that when I had an opportunity to find it located as an instrumental with lyrics, I wore it out. And I said, everywhere that I go, I'm going to bring this here up. So if you don't mind, can you live it? give me a little bit more? Yeah. And y'all can join in if y'all know it. Christ is my firm foundation. A little more. The rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never, I've never been more glad that I put my faith Jesus, listen to the words, come on. Cause he never let me down. He's faithful through. Come on, yes, yes. So why? So why would he fail me now? He won't. Can I have a little bit more? A little bit more audio. A little bit more. Come on. Yes. Mm-hmm. I still have joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. Come on. I won't be going under. I'm not held. I'm not held by my own strength. Because I built my life on Jesus. Yes. Said he's never let me down. He's faithful through every season. 
So why would he fail me now? He won't. How many know he won't fail you? Hallelujah. Yes. Listen. Listen to this here. The rain came, wind blew, but my house is built on you. Come on. I'm safe with you. I'm going to make it through. Come on, the rain came. Rain came, wind blew, but my house is built on you. Yes. I am saved with you. I'm going to make because Christ is. Christ is my firm foundation. Yes. The rock on which I stand when everything around me shaken. I've never been more glad that I've built my life yes my life and my faith is on jesus and he'll never let me down he's faithful through generations so why would he fail now he won't how many love that <laughs> yes yes i pray that you will take this this song and that you'll find it on youtube somewhere if you don't know it that you would gather this here and make that a part of your morning declaration make that a part of the times that yes there you go that's what i'm talking about for you got it brother yeah it is that you will flow with that because it's in all of it in all of it it's a declaration you're saying, listen, I don't care what else is going on. I know everything around me is shaking. I can see the heavens is shaking. The earth is shaking and men are shaking. And men's hearts are failing them because of fear. But I've put my faith in Jesus. <laughs> yes, he's never. Well, come on, let me down. Yes, come on. He's faithful for generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. Yes, that's right. He won't. My God, he won't. Somebody, come on. Yes, keep going. I've got, listen, I've got joy. I've got joy in chaos. Come on. That, that makes no sense. Around me shaking. Cause I built my life on Jesus He's never said He's never let me down He's faithful through every season And we go through seasons in our lives So why would He fail now? He won't Hallelujah, Father, and we thank you because we know that you are faithful to do just that which you say. You are our foundation. You said upon this rock you will build your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And so we thank you, Father, 
that we've got a firm foundation a firm foundation that we can stand on we are planted on we are rooted and established by him. and so I pray father even as we go to minister your word oh father that you will speak you know what we need you've been faithful through every season of our life through the spring through the summer through the autumn through the winter and you have shown oh father that you're dependable and you're reliable and that's why we put our faith in you that's why we built our life upon you because all of the grounds are sinking sands but on Christ the solid rock we stand and we thank you father that as we come we'll continue to make that declaration that we're going to stand on you we're going to stand on your word we're going to stand in faith and we're going to stand together in love in the name of Jesus hallelujah oh bless the name of the Lord hallelujah I've got one more I've got one more amen and this is going to lead us into our song uh, to the ministry of the word amen how many love the Lord I know you love the Lord because listen our father's house got a big heart right there in it right come on let's just lift this here up hallelujah you love him more than anything you sure because the tests and the trials in life are going to come to see exactly where your heart is where your love is he said love not the world nor the things of the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life right come on i lift my hands in total adoration unto you you reign on the throne for you were god god alone because of you my cloudy days are gone I can sing to you this song I just want to say that I love you more than anything yes come on I lift my hands and hope to laboration unto you you reign on the cross for you were God and God alone Because of you my cloudy days are gone I can sing to you this song I just want to say that I love you more than anything You love me in your own you were my shelter from the storm when all my friends were gone you were right there all along i never known a love like this before i just want to say that i love you more than anything I love you Jesus come on come on give it to him I worship and adore you just want to tell you Lord I love you more than anything I love 
I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. Do you really love him? Come on, let's lift it up one more time. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Lord, we've gathered to tell you how we love you more than anything. Come on, come on, if you really mean it, worship him. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, we love you more than anything. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Lord, we've gathered to tell you how we love you more than anything. Hallelujah. We love you, Father. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. We adore you, Father. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. We adore you, Lord. Father, we exalt your name. We bless you, Lord. You've been so good. You've been so merciful. You've been so kind. You've been so loving. You've been so thoughtful. You thought on us, oh Lord. You thought about us. You thought about me. You came to see about us. You heard our cry. You saw our deplorable condition. You saw our situation. You saw we couldn't help ourselves. You saw our sickness. You saw our dis-ease. And you came you did something when no man careth for my soul mm. Mm. you came and we bless you Lord oh we love you oh yes we love you oh yes we adore you oh yes we magnify you oh yes Lord Hallelujah. Love him with all of your soul. Love him with all of your might. Love him with all of your strength. Love him with all, with everything. Nothing between my soul and my Savior. Don't allow anything in life. Don't allow any situation. In Romans, Paul says, Who, not what, who shall separate us? Who shall separate us? Who? Who? Who is it that's trying to separate you from the love of God that he expressed, that he has shown, that he has given to us through his only begotten son? Amen. And all of these things. Hallelujah. No matter what comes up, there are some people that we love dearly. They're dear to our heart. Some have fallen asleep. Others have died. He said, not even death, nor life, nor things present, 
not even things to come I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow next week, next month, next year I don't know back in 2019 we didn't know that there was going to be a pandemic and the shifting and things that would happen but on the inside my soul loved Jesus and if you even if it meant that I had to fall asleep I'm going to fall asleep in love with Jesus and he's not asking to be our first love he's really asking to be our only love because nobody else can love us like him he is the lover of our soul and the type of love that he has given to us we're going to see he challenges us as his sons and daughters he challenges us he says, now, you say you love me. You say you love me. I love you more than anything. I love you more than all of these things. I love you more than houses and gold and rubies. I, I love you more than, than my J-O-B, although I need to get, I love you more. He says, if you love mother, father, sister, brother, houses, lands, husband, life if you love more than him that's a problem that's why he's got to be the ultimate see because if we love him then we can do right with everybody else if we love him he requires of us he says if you love me then you ought to love one another and it's sometimes difficult because you know you know some folk they don't always give back the love that you've given. They don't often understand what that means and what that looks like. And, and, and surely, my wife was all in this series, there are people who are waiting for love. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. Yeah, I never heard that. Oh, okay, all right. I'm dating myself. Somebody didn't hear it. It's like, what is he talking about? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in all the wrong spaces. And what they think is love is not. What they think is love is not. There's a dysfunction in society. They think that love is how high I can get. How much stuff I can gather and accumulate. How many times I can take advantage or how many times I can procreate. Through recreational, you know. I can have this one and that one. I can have a, a side fling. I can have, you know, a job, what do they call it, a job wife, something like that. What do they call it? Y'all know. Yeah, don't it? Right? What's it called? Come on, y'all don't know? Oh, I thought y'all was going to help me out, man. Look, I'm going to have to come pull your plug. <laughs> But, you know, they, they have these things because if you got a spouse at home, you don't need a spouse on the job. I mean, if you're married, right? Married. Well, the father has, the scripture says, uh, Paul says, I've espoused you unto God. You, you, you're married to God. And there are those who are now getting involved in other types of lowercase gods. You may not think so. But, you know, you make icons, not you. But people make icons out of folk. And they worship them because they give more adherence to those icons 
how you know? Check out how they dress. Right? You see somebody there in Fendi, and they're looking, I'm going to get Fendi too. May not be able to afford it, but because they got it. You want to be like them. You see them, and you, you want to emulate them. I remember years ago, everybody wanted to be like Mike. Y'all remember that? Back in the day, everybody wanted to be like Mike. They want to hang Air Jordan. Or maybe it was the Mike on the cereal box. You know, Mikey, he likes it. I don't know. But we've, we've got to be careful not to be conformed to the world. Because if we love God like he says, he says, I want you to be conformed to the image of my son. So that when I see you, I can see him. But when I look at the church, which is styled as the bride of Christ, he says, my bride don't look too much like the way that I dressed it. So is she really in love with me? Or just what I do? Because, you know, there's some that just want a sugar daddy. You know, God's got to be a sugar daddy. In other words, when I want something, I will go to the rock. I'm going to go to church because I want something. There are those who go to where the church gathers because they're looking for a wife or they're looking for a husband. They're looking for things. And when they get what they think they found and what they want, then they go back to where they were. They're not made a commitment to submit to the Lord. But he says, if you love me, there ought to be something that happens in your heart and your mind. I want to draw your attention to the epistle of 1 John. 1 John. 1 John chapter 4. And, and I'm, I'm really just going to touch it because I'm one of those persons that normally teach for like two hours. And I can't do that here. As, as much as I'm home and I'm comfortable, you know, there's, there's an endurance and there's, you know, capacity that's built up. And you can't do that. You, when you go somewhere, you kind of hit it and touch it a little bit and then you move on. All right? So I'm going to touch it a little bit. But I know that this is something that you're going to live with. You're going to live with. And the reason I know you're going to live with it, because if you love God like he says, then this is going to be how we show it. Scripture says, beginning at verse 7, Beloved, those who are being loved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love in this was manifest the love of god toward us because that god sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him herein is love not that we loved god but that he loved us have to say that again because there are some who think that they made a decision that they decided i'm going to love god I, you know I, I i made the choice actually we're responding to the choice that he's made of us jesus told his disciples he said listen you didn't choose me i chose you i sought you out 
I came and called you forth. And that's what he did with all of us. We were in darkness. We were, we were in sin. But, but the love that God has for us found us where we were and called us out of darkness, out of sin, redeemed our life from destruction. It wasn't anything that we could have done by our own merit. I know we're smart. We come from good families. Some of us got some money and all that. Stuff. But none of those things whatsoever were the reason why we were called or why we were loved. He loved us in spite of. He loved us while we were still in our mess, in the muck and mire of sin. He loved us. And the scripture says, listen, God is love. Now, it's interesting because there are those who say that, that, that because God is love, then why am I going through what I'm going through? Why am I experiencing the things that I'm experiencing? Why is it? He said, no, I am love, but I'm not loved the way you think that love is. Because people have a, a thought of love that it's a feeling. And love is not about a feeling. It's nice to have that. You know, bring back that love and feeling. Oh, that. That's another old song. I'm just kind of run through the gamut of them. Y'all will pick me up after a while. But, but it's not about the feeling of. Because even when you don't feel love, God is love. And he has demonstrated that love in how? That he gave his son. Now, how is that love? He says, I made a decision in spite of your situation, your circumstance, and who you are, to do what is beneficial and right for you. I made that decision, and it had nothing to do with you. It was about what I decided. I decided that I would love you in spite of you. And he commended his love to us that while we were yet in sin, that Christ died for us. So that love then is not just so much about a feeling. It's about a decision or a will and an action that follows through. You're going to follow me shortly because, you know, we meet some people and we think that I'm only going to love the people that love me. I'm only going to do good for people that have done good to me. And he says, in spite of how they treat you, in spite of what they do for you. Now, I'm not saying that you go out into the whole world and say, oh, I just love everybody. You just pull everybody into your bosom. No, that's not the type of love they're just talking about. Because some people are introverts. Some people are shy. You can't get them to go across the room to go and greet somebody simply because they're like, no, I don't know them and so forth and so on. So then it's about how you love those that you do know how do you love those that you do know how do you love those in your home before you even go outdoors how do you love those in your family because you know in the family that we've got a smorgasbord of attitudes and different people and they, they're different ways sometimes they feel like a nut sometimes they don't sometimes they love you sometimes they don't so i mean just ups and downs and ins and outs and you got to deal with all of these vicissitudes of life and say how in the world am i going to love them when they're not kind to me because we always want to make it convenient about love but love is not about convenience love is sacrificial the love of God required that he would give something and he had to give of himself. If you're going to love like he says, because it's a command to love. It's a command to love. It's not an optional thing. So, so if you're getting it confused and conflicted with loving somebody with a feeling, then you're going to miss it because you don't always feel like doing it. You don't always feel like doing what's right for somebody, but you know you have to. Because in it, we're showing that we are truly the sons and daughters of God. 
if we're not if we're not a loving people, if we're not loving on one another, if we don't understand that, listen, somebody stepped on your toe. I'm only going to use that because it's simple. Somebody stepped on your toe. They hurt you. They, they, they disrespected you. They talked about you. If you really love them, if there's a really something, then what you're going to do? You're going to go to them and you're going to deal with it. Because you recognize that we are part of the same body. It's those who name the name of Christ. It's got to start at home. Oftentimes we've heard charity begins where? And so at home, meaning in the house of God, amongst the family of God, not just amongst your natural crew that you like, you know, us four and no more, and that's it, this is my posse. No, he said this love that, that is commanded to us is the love that is doing what is right for someone even when they're not doing right to me. And I don't know about you, but I've had to deal with some people who didn't do right by me. They talked about me, misused me, and took whatever kindness in a way that made me feel like, man, I don't want to do that again. And if you see them, you want to look the other way. But the type of love that God has for us is that we can't look the other way. If we can do good, we're supposed to do it. And not so much because they deserve it. A lot of times we go on that merit thing. But we didn't merit the love of God. We didn't merit the mercies of God. He says, no, while we were yet jacked up and messed up, he says that I've demonstrated this and I want to see you do the same thing. John was speaking to a community of believers. John was one of the last apostles who, and actually he died of natural causes. He didn't even die like the others who were martyred. He died of old age. Lord, let me die of old age. Let me age out. Just age out. I don't, I don't want to be murdered and, and martyred. And all. No, let me just age out, if that be your will. But he aged out. But along the way, he saw the transition amongst the body. And he wrote this to those Believers who are at Ephesus, it is believed he wrote. Now, in Ephesus, it's almost like our communities. There's a little bit of this. There's a little bit of that. There's a little bit, there's a little bit of everything that goes on because they're worshiping other gods, other deities. So, and you might not think so, but the TV brings everything to us. The Internet brings everything to us. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves drifting away or bringing, erecting some other god, some other deity, lowercase g-o-d, and that we start following. And so he's very careful now as he's observing and watching and beholding the believers. And now he has to hold them accountable. He has to hold them accountable. He says, because listen, if you say that you love God whom you have not seen, but yet you hate your brother, you love less. You're not concerned about they're sick. You don't call the check on them. They are missing. You're not, you're not concerned or worried about. You, you see them without. How can you see your brother, your sister that doesn't have something and you had the capacity to be of a help? God allows you to see it, not so that you can say, ooh, shame on them. No. He stops and he's blessed you with more than enough. And you can turn around and share out from what you have and you don't have to go brag about it. You don't have to go talk about it. Because when we do it to the least of the little ones, he says, you've done it as unto me. You see someone, their, their son, their daughter, they're going through, and you can be a help. You need to come alongside to be an encouragement to that brother or sister and say, your son might be incarcerated. Your daughter might be going through. How can we help you if you've got the capacity to help? And we all have the capacity to help in some way or another, even in prayer. And then pray. Don't say, oh, I'm going to pray about it, and then you go and you forget. No, no. Pray for them. 
Pray for the daughters. Pray for the sons. Pray for the children. Pray for the, if you love them. Now, I mean, if you love them. If you don't love them, then you go about your business. But you're not being godly because God is love. And that love is demonstrated. It is an action that is beneficial to someone else, not just to you. So Paul wanted to remind them that you're starting to get mixed in with the crowd. You're not looking like Christ. You say that you love God, but you're hating this one and you're hating that because they're not of your culture. They're not of your background. They're not of your ethnicity. They don't eat the same food. They don't look the same. All of these different reasons as to why they were not loving and being cared for one of another. Jesus told his disciples, he says, listen, by this shall men know that you have learned from me. That you have sat in the place and you have been taught. How? By the love. He says, if this love, it's an if there's conditional. Because for you, even though it's a command, one or two things are going to happen. Either you're going to obey it and enjoy the benefits of it, or you're going to disobey it and then have to give accountability for it. Because each of us will have to stand before the Lord and give an account. Now, as believers, when we stand before the Lord, we're not coming to be judged as to whether we're going to be saved or not because we're supposed to be saved already. When we stand, it's going to be about the works that we've done, whether we have obeyed him or not. See, the world will be judged differently. We are going to be judged, those who are believers, when we die in the Lord, fall asleep in him, when we stand before him, it'll be about the works. What did you do? We won't have to say like Janet Jackson, what did you, what have you done for me lately? It's not going to be that. You're going to say, how have you lived your life? Did you reflect me? Did you do it the way that I said? Or were you so busy about what you want? And you just named the name, but you didn't live the life. Because being a son or daughter of the Most High, walking in love, is about a life living. It's how we live everyday life. I believe I heard Pastor uh, Carlene Riley today saying that um, we think this is ministry because we come to church. No, we gather so that we can be taught. We gather so that we can learn. We can be informed. We gather so that we can grow in our knowledge, but then we go out to serve. Real ministry is how you're living Monday through Saturday when you're not here, when you're not on the conference call, when you're not in the Zoom meeting. Real ministry is how you are reflecting the Lord in your life. And the best way to reflect him is like the scripture says, love. And that love, when you check it over in Corinthians 13, he tells us it's not proud, it's not puffed up. There are things that we do by faith, and that's wonderful. Got faith, you move mountains. How many of you people of faith? You walking in victory and power and doing, he says, but if you have faith that you can move mountains but have not love, it's nothing. And there are a lot of people who got faith. They're working mighty wonders and doing great things, but they're doing it in arrogance. They're doing it in pride. They're doing it so that they could be seen. And they're doing it because the word works. The word of God works. The word of God works. The word of God works. The name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. That's not just a song. It is true. Because the sons of Sceva proved it. 
They didn't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, but they still used his name. And because they went to adjure that, that spirit in the man in the name of Jesus, that spirit had to respond. The spirit in them had to respond and said, listen, Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. Yeah, yeah. But, but you, who are you? you? You about to have a problem. You about to have a problem if you use the power of the name. But the lover of your soul, the lover is not on board. If Jesus not inside the heart, when you go to do all of those works, all of those different things, and you're using his name, that's nice. That's wonderful. And there are going to be people who will benefit from the power of the name. But you will be discarded. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. If you haven't received God's love and then walk in it. Paul says, listen, if I gave my body to be burned. But I don't have love. I've just been charred. Y'all just cremated me for nothing. I just sacrificed for nothing. I may have saved you, but it didn't save me. It didn't help me at all. So we got to be careful to understand that when we say that we are believers, that we're not being deceived of ourselves because the test will come. One, I love you, Jesus. Okay, fine. You sung the song. That's beautiful. But now can you walk the walk from what you've taught? He said, listen, brethren, those who are being loved, and we are constantly being loved. My wife said it. Listen, you woke up this morning. You're sitting here. Do you know how many people woke up this morning, but they couldn't move? I, it, listen, my mother shared with us how she was on the phone talking to her nephew. One of her, her older brother, uh, younger brother, actually, because she's the oldest, sons on the phone talking for about an hour or so and went to get up and slid down. In just a matter of a moment, had a brain bleed, had a stroke. That's just, it happened like this. So you sitting here right now. Who's to say that you go to get up and we have to come and help you up? There are people who woke up this morning, last night they went to sleep. I won't say like some people say, and they woke up dead. Now, that sounds funny, right? But it's true. You know why? Because the next time they are awake, that's what they will be. If they have died without Christ, they will wake up dead, and they'll spend eternity separated, which is the second death. So there's some truism to that. If they died without Christ, they'll wake up dead. Got it? No, y'all didn't get it. Think on that. For, I see brother over here. He's kind of looking. He's like, oh, I, I got that. I think I got that. Yeah, because now you can understand it when you say it. I don't want to wake up dead. Because death in Revelation is separated from God eternally. That's the second death. Check it in Revelations 2021. 20, You'll see it in there. I'm not making it up. We try to stay in the Bible. So you don't want to wake up dead. But there's someone that that's going to be it. Because he said, the dead in Christ shall rise first, right? Those who are alive and remain are going to be caught up. And they're going to be those who are in hell. They're going to be those who are, who are in the sea. And he says, he says, death gave up the dead. Hell gave up the dead that was in it. And the sea and all of them came. And those whose name wasn't found in the book of life. Depart. That was the second death. So they woke up. But they only woke up to death. Where we wake up to eternal life because God has set his love upon you.
let me go to this here and wrap this here. Because if you got it, pastor says, it might be in the prayer. It might be in the worship of the song. Right? And if you missed it, you may have missed some of the sweetest moments. Just because it was done in worship. The lover of your soul doesn't deal with the flesh. He deals with your soul and your spirit, the inner man. So your inner man has already been ministered to by the word and the worship and prayer. And you've been strengthened already and don't even know. When you get up, you're getting up in might. You're getting up in victory because you've already declared and decreed that, listen, Christ is your firm foundation, the rock on which you stand. So you're going to walk with that. But he said, listen here, verse 7, beloved, let us love one another it's it's a senior man in faith that's now pleading with believers to say this is what we ought to do instead of fighting and bickering and having separatism amongst the body we're supposed to love one another even when they're unlovable even when they even when it is difficult even when it's difficult can you love me when i'm unlovable can you love me when my attitude stinks on ice? Can you love me when I don't? Listen, how many of you have children that have gone wayward? You, know, you didn't have to raise your hand. I'm just saying, you, you have children or you have grandchildren, and you love them, but they wayward. But you haven't changed in wanting to do what's best for them. If they get in trouble, they're going to call you. If they need something and you can help them, what are you going to do? You're going to help them because I don't know anyone who's going to turn their back on their children not on your own flesh and God said the same thing because God didn't turn his back on us he saw us he saw our need and he says I'm determined to do something about it and he says now this is how you're going to love and if you do it this way then the world is going to take notice of it so the world never dictates to the church how to do and what love looks like. But God, through his word, has dictated to us how we ought to love. And he says that if we're doing it this way, they're going to know that we've sat in our father's house under the tutelage of Bishop and Pastor Riley. And we have been taught the word and we have learned and grown in our knowledge of him. And now we know how to deal with people on the job. Backstabbers. Smile in your face but they're trying to replace you, trying to move up the ladder. You know, because out there in the world, it's dog eat dog. They, 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 just, listen, they don't care about you. They don't care you got mouth to feed. They don't care nothing about that whatsoever. They'll take advantage to get up the corporate ladder. So you still have to know how to love them, though. You still have to know how to deal with them. He's not telling you that you got to be bosom buddies. He's just simply saying, you got to know how to love them. And one of the strengths of love, the underpinnings of it, is being able to forgive. Love is not love until you have the capacity to forgive. If you don't know how to forgive, you don't know how to love. And you don't have a relationship with God. Because God is love. And the way that God loves us is that, one, he forgave us. He says, I got the capacity to forgive you if you come and you own up to it. I've already made provisions for you in this. I don't know about you, but I am so glad that he has set his love upon me. 
I am so glad that he didn't hold my sin against me. You don't even know, Donald. You think, you know, you see me up here, but you don't know. All of us got a story of where we've come from in order to get to. All of us had to come by way of the blood, the blood that washed us, the blood that, that paid our sin debt. Jesus Christ is the propitiation. He is the one that satisfies and pays off the sin debt. He says, those who are being loved, he says, let us. And that's what I'm going to say to you. Let us, not just a few, us as the body, us as the family of God, us as the called out ones. The world, listen, there's a song that was made popular by Dionne Warwick. It was sung by uh, uh, Deshaun uh, Shannon some years ago. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. And that sweet love is not like Anita Baker said. She sang a song too about sweet love, but it's not that type of sweet love. Everybody's trying to do that, but it's not working the way that the love of God is to work. Because the love of God doesn't allow you to take advantage of and to hurt and to abuse people, children. During the Super Bowl time, if you know anything about it, that many times, I'm not going to even talk about it, but what happens around it. They've got to have more FBI, more officers around because of children being abducted and sex trafficking. These are the things that happen around that you don't hear about, but it's going on. And they know every time things are happening that there's a whole lot of other stuff going on around. We're just worried about one thing. No, we've got to be concerned about everything. When your children go to school, if you love like God loves, you're going to look out for the neighbor's children just like you look out for your children. You can't say, well, I'm an empty nester and I don't have to worry about it because I don't have no children in the school. No, you need to be concerned about the children in the school because if the children are taken advantage of, if the children are learning bad behavior, that same child that you could have stopped and spoke to might be the same one that come up to rob you. See, sometimes we don't check it. We don't stop to speak to them. But if we love, then we're going to be concerned. We're going to look after. We're going to speak to. Why? Because that child might just need what my wife said, just somebody to love on them too. And when I say love on them, I mean to stop to be concerned about them, to ask them, how are you? How was your day? Did you get breakfast? I was reading about one of these, uh, um, um, you know, Black History Month, right? We, we started hearing about all the great things that were done. And there was a woman, my wife and I were listening, driving in the other day, and said this woman adopted a school. She adopted actually a class, a young class. And she, she, she's decided that she was going to help them to read, and she was going to take money out of her pocket to make sure that that class, the children, had lunch or they had breakfast, that they were cared for. And she did that for one year. And she tracked with those children. And each year, she saw them improving. Some of them were real bad. The worst, she said, give me the worst class. Give me the worst class. Why? Because the worst class is the class that is lacking in the type of love and attention that's needed. We think that our children just acting up to act up. No, there's something that's absent. There's something that's not present. There's something that's missing. And we as a community of believers have something that they need. And sometimes it's that firm having a discipline, not abuse, discipline to hold them accountable, to let them know that someone is there for them. And she says, the history shows that she started with one class. And she took $10,000 of her own money to do it. 
over years now, it's millions of dollars because other people have contributed to it and they've put over 200 children through college. They've helped so many other hundreds of children that have gone to high school and they track with the classes. What I'm saying is that you make a difference when you're functioning in the love of God. When it's not just about a feeling for just my own. No, no. It's when your heart is open enough and wide enough to be able to embrace. Our Father's house ought to be filled with loving people who are loving people. You know how they say hurt people hurt people? Well, what do you think happens when you got loving people loving people? Because loving people, listen, the scripture says that love will cover a multitude of sins. Love knows how to smother and cover so that those things that were ailing and failing won't have to be the things that are prevailing in the lives of our children, in the lives of people. Paul said that there are things that we need to learn, and then John picks it up to says to those who are in Ephesus, you've got to get back to what the foundation is of walk. The foundation of a believer is built on love. Because without love, we'd still be dead in our trespasses and sin. He says, we're being loved, but not just so that we can stay to ourselves, but we're being loved so that we can love. Let us love because love is of God. He says, and that everyone that loveth is born. That means born again, has experienced the new life. You can't say you experienced the new life, but you're still walking in the old way. You can't say, well, I'm born again, but you're cantankerous, you're short-tempered, you're evil and mean. You're always ready for a fight. No, not, not, not if the love of God is on the inside. I got the love of Jesus. Where is it? In your feet? No, it's supposed to be deep down in your heart. And heart, they're not this thing, that cardio that beats blood, but in your mind, it's supposed to transform the life. The love of God transforms us into the image of Christ. When Christ was being railed against and dealt with, what he's turned around, he says, Father, forgive them. Sure, he could have called down legions of angels. Sure, he could have called down. And someone say, so what does love have to do with it? Love has everything to do with us as believers. Has everything to do with us as the body of Christ. Has everything to do with us as husband and wife. Has everything to do with us as a family. Love has everything to do with every area of our life there is no area of our life that love is supposed to be absent there's no area. somebody cut you off now i'll tell you i'll be the first one you just get ready to cut me off you that's going to be a challenge there i'm going to be like okay but i'm going to be thankful to the lord as well we have to get back to loving because the world and our experiences will make us callous and indifferent but we can't be We've got to know what it means to reach out and to touch someone else. Lastly, he says, not only is everyone that loveth, continues in it, don't cut it off, is born of God, but he says, and knoweth God. Knoweth God, meaning that there's a continuing growing into the understanding of who he is. We don't know all that there is of who God is. We're still learning. There's so much. He, we can't put him in a box. He, you can't box him in. Just when you think you got it, he shows some other facet of an area that we've not seen before. We just thought that he's just a healer, but then we find out that he's a provider. 
And then we see that he's a provider, and we think, okay, well, he's a provider. Then he, we find out that he's a mind regulator. And then we come to the place of saying he's a mind regulator. And then what happens when, 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 when some issue comes up as a matter of your heart and you find out that, man, he's all in everything that pertains. There isn't anything about your life or my life that he doesn't stop to be concerned about because he loves us. So he says that if we're loving like we're supposed to, he says, listen, then we are constantly growing in our knowledge of God. And that doesn't mean just the knowledge of the Bible. Because there are those who have great, they're wordy. They got a great knowledge of the Bible, but they're not living it. That knowing there is not just an intellectual, that's an experiential. That means that we are experiencing him in our day-to-day life. Lord, I love you. That means in every area of my life, I want to experience you. I want to see you. I want to know you. I've got to know you. Listen, David said it over in Psalm 41. He said, listen, by this I know that thou favorest me. Because when you understand how much God loves you, how much favor that's on your life, David says, I know that you favor me. I know that I'm special to you. I know that you set your love upon me because you've not allowed my enemies how many you got enemies to your soul you got enemies that comes up against your family you got enemies that comes up against your thoughts i mean how many of you have had to pull down vain imaginations thoughts that arise in your mind you were asleep at night but you had to deal with a dream you had to deal with some issue you had to deal with some malady something that was going on and then god breaks through with the word you remember the song you remember the hymn you remembered something that was said and all of a sudden you remember that god loved you when you felt down and there times as a wife there are times as a husband there are times as children that you feel bad you feel down like maybe you're being taken for granted maybe they're not reciprocating in kind of what you've done and and how you're doing but understand this here that God loves you and when we remind ourselves of the love of God for us then we also need to be aware that we need to remind somebody else about God's love Because there is a world that's aching in pain because they don't know the love of God as we have experienced. But because we've experienced it, we're supposed to say something. Because we've experienced it, we're supposed to share it with somebody else. When we see them down on their love, we don't look down on them. No, no. If I'm going to look down, it's going to look down to help pick you up. Says, listen, this is how I know that the Lord favors. This is how I know that he loves me. Not because everything is going well. But because when all hell is breaking loose, he doesn't allow it to wipe me out. He doesn't allow it to take me out. There are many things that came up to eat of our flesh. The scripture says, but every time the enemy came, every time something came up, they stumbled and fell. I'm here to say to each and every one and to remind you, listen, walk in the love of God. There are going to be people who are going to talk about you. There are going to be people who don't like you. There are going to be people that will envy you. There are going to be things that go on, but there's so many more people that need you to show up. There's so many people that need you to just be loving, to be kind, to have a smile on your face, to understand. Listen, you tell them, listen, it's not that bad. And when I say that bad, it's relative, right? Because everybody has their different situations. But remind them that God loves them enough not to leave them in the state that they're in. That if anything, that pressure, that situation should drive them. And we should help guide them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't allow there to be a breakdown of love. Because they're going to be tests. They're going to be trials. They're going to be persecutions. They're going to be misunderstandings. Listen, we're all at different places and different levels and different stages. While we're building, we got to work together. While we're gathered, we got to love one another because the days ahead are going to be challenging. 
the days ahead are going to be challenging. And it's going to prove whether or not we are who we say we are. And the one thing we can't afford to lose and not have living vibrantly in us, as John reminded them, as he looked at their lives, he says, you can't be loveless. You can't be loveless because this is a hallmark of the believer. Not just faith. Faith is wonderful. and We need faith. We need to walk in faith. But faith is a great activator. Love has to be the great motivator. Everything we do has to be touched and tempered by love. I hope I've spoken to your spirit to strengthen, to encourage you. Because yes, as the song said, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. If you go back and look at the words of that song, it says, we don't need more mountains. We don't need more meadows. We don't need more cornfields. All those things are going to happen because he's spoken the word. And as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, that's going to happen. There are going to be all those seasons, all those things going to happen. But the one thing that doesn't always show up is love. Because if that would be the case, there'd be no discriminations. We wouldn't have the heartache and the things that we've been dealing with because we would know what it means to be there to support one another. Please, as believers, please, as a household of faith, don't let your love wax cold. Don't let your love. We say we love God. He says, okay, how are you loving your fellow man? How are you loving in the body? You can't say you love God and you don't love one the other. Got to practice that at home. Charity, love begins in the household of God. And it moves out from there to touch everything else. The envy of the world should be our father's house. And our father's house, talking about our father's house, his kingdom, not just here, our father's house. Because one of the things that differentiates our father's house from every other house is that there's love in the father's house. Great love. Amen. Father, thank you for this opportunity to share a simple witness, simple word to remind those whom are being loved, who you've shown such gracious favor to, that there is deposited in us, if we've learned anything from you, if we've come to a place to understand who you are in sincerity and in truth, love is mixed the devil. And in that love is the capacity to be able to forgive, not bear any record of wrong, not to keep any harm going on, but know how to squelch, how to seek peace and to pursue it, to love. So help us. Help us. Wash us, cleanse us, forgive us in every area where we didn't walk in love. For we recognize, Lord, that in the world, there are going to be challenges and issues. Even in the body, there are going to be issues. But you said, let brotherly love continue. Help us to love like you love.
Strip us of all pretense, all callousness in the name of Jesus. And let that love that flows from the Father, your word said this love that's to be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that would unite us together so that as we move forward from today, we'll be kindly, affectionate, tender-hearted, one toward another, loving our leaders, loving those that stand before us, loving those who walk beside us, loving those who are following behind us. Bind us together with cords of love, Father, that cannot be broken. And everywhere that we go, let them say, here come that person full of love. Let that be a very attractive thing about us, that we love the brethren. In this you will be glorified, and this your people will be edified, and in this the world will see and know that we are your disciples. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. How many of you received that simple word, sharing? Man, if you receive it, just thank the Lord. Amen. If you receive it, just, it's, it's an unusual delivery. But if your ears are open to hear, I believe you heard a whole lot in word and in song and in prayer. I'm going to release and yield to our big brother. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's receive the angel of this house, man, Bishop Ed Riley. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a praise, everybody. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the Word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.